Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, open up to Isaiah chapter 58. That's where we'll be this evening, Isaiah 58. I can tell that, I don't know if it's the rain or that I'm talking about fasting that kept people away tonight. People said, I don't want you taking away my food. Is that what it is? Fasting is so often something that we as Christians overlook and fail to see the significance of. We talked about it last week, the significance of it. Well, tonight we want to talk about the reasons for fasting. We want to talk about why we should fast. Now, understand fasting is intentional. It's not something that just happens. It's something you do with an intended purpose for a particular reason. But one of the things we have to realize is we want our fast to be acceptable to God. Now, could you imagine doing something for God and at the same time, it's not accepted by God? Well, just read the first part of Isaiah and you find that God did not accept their sacrifices because they weren't done for the proper reasons. So if we understand that we can fast, we understand why we should fast, we need to understand what makes it an acceptable fast. In Isaiah 58, look at verse 1. He says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say thee, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I've chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow his, down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this fast an acceptable day to the Lord? Now, look all the way up there in, in verse 3. What amazes me, it says, he says, Wherefore we have afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge. To go without food is difficult. Let's just be honest. To fast is difficult. It's not something that comes easy. It's not something that we all of a sudden say, you know what, I need to lose a little bit of weight, so I'm just going to cut out meals in general. That's not how it works. And yet these people, they were fasting for so many different reasons, and yet it says, what? Thou takest no knowledge. God, you didn't even acknowledge our sacrifice. You didn't acknowledge our fasting. In fact, in the book of Zechariah 7, 5, he says, do you honor the fast of the fifth and the seventh months? He said, did you really fast? You ready for this? For me. Did you fast for me? He repeats it twice. Why? Because they weren't really fasting for him. In fact, in verse 4, he explains why. You, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. How can you fast for strife and debate? What's real simple? When you fast to be seen like the Pharisees. When you fast and you want people to look at you as being a righteous person, you can create conflict and problems when you fast in said manner. When all you are fasting for is yourself. That's what he's talking about here. In fact, in Luke chapter 18, 
one of the Pharisees, he said there was a Pharisee that prayed thus unto himself. And I love the way he says that, thus unto himself, which means God was not hearing his prayer. Could you imagine that there's a time where God won't hear your prayer? Well, when you're praying to yourself. And he prayed to himself and he said, I fast twice a week. In other words, he did it for religious ritual. You can do all kinds of things because it's your ritual. You can do all kinds of things because it's your tradition. You can do all kinds of things because it's what you've always done. It doesn't necessarily make it biblical. And it certainly doesn't make it of God either. I'll be honest with you. We have so many traditions in the church that a lot of people will look at and say, well, it's Bible. No. In truth, it's tradition. It's not Bible. And the thing is, is we have to come to the realization of what is truly of God and what oftentimes is man-made. So when we look at fasting, we've got to be careful to make sure that it is for God and not for ourselves. But here are four reasons for fasting we're going to look at tonight. Tonight we're going to look at four reasons. Next week we're going to look at four reasons. But we're going to really focus in on verses 6 through 8 tonight. The first reason to fast is freedom from sin. Look at verse 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that ye break every yoke. The first reason that we want is freedom from sin, and that really recalls repentance. Look at the first thing. To loose the bands of wickedness. In fact, in Joel chapter 2, this was very much the same prayer that was being prayed. They needed to humble themselves. And a way that they humbled themselves is they made certain that they prayed and they fasted and they sought the Lord their God. In Joel chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. Therefore also now thus saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments. You see, they were really good to mourn. What they'd do is they'd rip their garment, and it was a sign to other people that they were torn, that they were broken over their sin. He goes, don't rend your garment, rend your heart. Be broken, be repentant, be remorseful for your sin. Jonah chapter 3, why did they fast? To repent of their sin, that God not might bring down the devastation on Nineveh. I love the deacon's prayer one time. He was in a deacon's prayer meeting. And they were praying together as deacons. And the one deacon began to pray. And he said, Lord, I pray that you clean out the cobwebs of my heart. When he finished, he said, Amen. The next, past, the next deacon said, Lord, I pray you kill the spider. The idea is not... Cleaning out what keeps getting messed up is the point to clean out and kill what does not belong there. Repentance is not just saying, I want this out of my life. Repentance is now, what can I do to get rid of it in my life? How can I turn from it? How can I not be a part of it? So repentance is one of those things. If you ever wonder, man, there's a sin that I'm battling. And many of you probably, here's the truth. There's probably every one of us in here that has a sin that we battle Somebody may say, well, I don't battle any sin. Well, I'm glad you're a Pharisee. We battle sin. We're, we're fallible. We fall short. We mess up. We make mistakes. We have to repent. If somebody tells me, well, I don't have to repent every day. That's a, you're amazing if that's true. 
you're a whole lot better than I am. Because here's what I find. I find that maybe I don't have to repent for an action, but sometimes I might have to repent for a thought. Sometimes I might have to repent for something I say. You see, that's the ideal here when you look at Scripture. Repentance is saying, look, I want to clean this mess out of my life. I don't want it to be a part of me. A second part of being free from sin is humility. What is wrong with us being humbled? Being humbled. Man, it's it's real easy. You understand, here's, here's the easiest way to be humble. You ready for this? Look at yourself in the sight of God and see how small you are. It's that simple. Man, I realized a long time ago, you ready for this? I am nobody. I am nobody. And the fact that God has chosen me to use me is, is a blessing to me. I have nothing good within me that God should desire to use me. Nothing. But neither do you. There's not a one of us in here. Man, if, if God were to look at no. We fall short. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. And so when I look at that, I humble myself because I recognize that the only way I am ever able to accomplish anything is by the hand of God upon me. I do absolutely nothing. Humility. But also to overcome temptation. He says in verse 6 that you break every yoke. You ever wonder why Jesus went into the desert and he fasted for 40 days? He fasted for 40 days, and here's the truth. We only see three temptations in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. But he was tempted all 40 days. He's tempted throughout. And yet he never sinned. He never failed. So if Jesus was fasting to overcome temptation, because the truth is he was tempted, yet he never failed. Fasting can be used to overcome temptation. Here's the truth of the matter. You are going to be tempted every day of your life if you're a Christian. Now, the temptation is not a sin. It's what you do with the temptation. It's if you choose to accept the temptation. It's if you choose to follow through with the temptation. See, Satan will put those things in your mind. He will set you up. He will set up things before you in order to try to get you to stumble. You have to choose whether you'll walk away. Like Joseph, when Joseph was grabbed by Potiphar's wife, he threw off his outer coat and he ran. He was tempted, but he ran. We have to be willing to overcome temptation. If there's something that you're battling, be willing to run. I love this. The guy said, many choose to live in the room of oppression and continue to order room service as though they'll never leave. When in truth, all we have to do is ask God to unlock the door and we can walk out of the room freely with his help. Why stay in the room of a trap that has our desires, our fleshly desires? He told young Timothy, flee youthful lusts. Get out of the house. Get out of the room. Get out of the way. Step away from the sin. Overcome the temptation. Run when you need to run. The Bible tells us that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We've got to resist him. So if you need to fast, maybe you need to fast to overcome sin in your life. Maybe you need to fast to repent, to overcome temptation that keeps coming your way. 
This is one part of fasting that we can be fasting for, is to show God we're sincere and we want this out of our lives. We don't want to deal with this sin any longer. We don't want it to continue overcome our lives. We're willing to fight the good fight to defeat it. The second reason for fasting is sharing with the needy. Look at verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. You know what the word hospitality means? Often we misunderstand. Hospitality is not just inviting someone over to your house. The word hospitality in the Greek language means to invite a stranger. You say, well, what's the point in inviting a stranger? Because they're not going to repay you. Let's be honest. How many of you have ever invited somebody over to your house and then wondered, when are we ever getting an invite? When are they ever going to have us over to eat? We've had them over to eat. Are we not good enough to go to their house and eat? Well, if you did that and that was your purpose and intention behind it, you weren't being hospitable. You just wanted to have retribution. You wanted somebody to pay you back. He says, in fact, you invite the people that can't pay you back. One of the things I enjoy doing, you know, you go out here and you'll see people on the street. I love to invite them. They're sitting out there and they're asking for money. I'll take you and get you a meal. Let's go right in here and I'll buy you a meal. Be a great time to be hospitable. Talk to them. Share the gospel with them. If they refuse to do it, then they're obviously not that hungry. But the idea is to help those in need. If we're going to go without, a purpose behind going without is to help those with that money that we save from not going out. You think about this in 1 John chapter 3. This is something that John says to the early church. That it's important that we give to those when we can give to help. 1 John chapter 3 verses 16 to 18 he says this. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good. And seeth his brother have need. And shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. That'd be like going outside and you see somebody walking outside and they got a short sleeve shirt and they're in this rain and you got a spare coat. And you drive up to them and you roll down your window and you go, Brother, I hate that you're not feeling well tonight. I'll pray for you. And then drive on off. What good have you done? If you have the capabilities of helping that person out and you choose to move on, he says the love of God is, get this, not in you. If you have the capabilities of helping, in fact, that's the purpose in fasting was to be able to take away from what we think we need in daily life to help those that really have a need. You see, many of us are Dead Sea Christians. You know what makes the Dead Sea dead? The water keeps going in, but it never goes out. It's a taker, not a giver. God wants us to be what? Rivers of living water where his blessings flow in and flow out from us. 
But many people will take, 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 but never give. And that's not showing the love of Christ. When we fast, we can actually take of those things that we're saving at that moment and use it to help those that are in need. That's a reason for fasting. Number three, for shining our light. Look at verse 8. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. Do you ever know that fasting can also be something that you use to help glorify God with your witness? You shine your light. Look at the end of that verse. It says, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. Whose righteousness do we have? Well, we have the righteousness of Christ. Our desire in shining the light is so that others might see Jesus within us. That God may make the changes in us that show love and devotion. Have you ever wondered there was that lady in the gospel of Luke? It's so interesting, her story. In Luke chapter 2, her name's Anna. In verse 37, it says this. And she was a widow of about four score and four years, 84, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. She served God. How? Because of her love and her devotion for God, she wanted others to see her love and devotion to God. She wanted them to see God. She shined forth her light. What an amazing woman. Think about Moses. When Moses got to meet face to face with God, when he came down off the mountain, what happened? His face was what? Glowing with the Shekinah glory of God. Could you imagine if you fasted and all of a sudden the Shekinah glory fell on you like that and you shined as a light to the world? You see, Moses, it wasn't all about, it wasn't about Moses. Please understand. Moses, in fact, he would put a veil over him so that they wouldn't see it diminish. All he wanted them to see was God. That was Moses' heart. You see, in our life, we ought to fast so that others see God in us. That others don't see us for who we are but they see the righteousness of Christ in us. You see, the truth is, I wonder how many of you, when you go back and you meet people that you grew up with, you know what I'm talking about, you grew up with, how, how many of you had teachers that never thought you'd really amount to anything? Anybody have any teachers like that? Any, any, of, you, any of you have any teachers that thought you'd probably be, you know, most likely to go to jail? Right? Any of you have, you know, you run into those teachers now? And, and you talk to them. Some of you, I know some of you guys aren't like that. Y'all were the goody-goodies in school, right? Y'all were, were the teacher's pets. It was just me, you know. But you, get, you run into them. And they, they ask you and they say, well, what do you do now? And you say, well, I'm a Christian. And they're like, I remember you from back in the day. What do you mean you're a Christian, you know? We used to party together. We used to drink together. We used to do this together. We used to do that together. What do you mean you're a Christian? Are you saying you gave all that up? Yep, I gave it all up. Nah, there's no way, man. You, you were wild dog at the parties. I remember you. I remember everything. Nah, I, I gave it all up, man. I don't, I don't party anymore. I gave it all up. I'm living for the Lord. Man, they begin to look at you like, you must be crazy. But man, when your light is shining, they can see it in you. My teachers still, they're, they're amazed. I, I saw my fifth grade teacher many years ago. And she ran into me. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm a preacher. She said, no, really, what are you doing now? I said, no, really, I'm a preacher. 
<laughs> she goes, wow, God really can do miracles. <laughs> Thank you very much, Miss McClendon. I appreciate that. But that's the thing. God can. And when people see the change in your life and the desire to glorify God and the desire to give him all the glory and the honor and the credit that's due his name, man, you can fast so that others see Jesus in you and shine your light. Lastly, maybe you need healing in your lives. Look at the end of verse 8. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. Isn't that an interesting word? Re-reward. It actually means that the Lord your God will be your rear guard. You say, well, what does that mean? What do you mean by the rear guard? Well, you've got to understand it's a military term. Okay? We need God's protection. We need God's help because, again, Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We need a rear guard because you can't. You know, I, I, know, I know we always thought mama had eyes in the back of her head, right? But she really doesn't. She really doesn't. We need somebody to protect our rear guard. In fact, when they were going out to fight, there was an, Israel was going out to fight one day, and all of a sudden somebody attacked them from the rear. That's what a rear guard is. They're back there for protection. Oftentimes, when you would go out, you would put the strong in the front because you were going to face your enemy, but you would put the weak in the back. Well, if you did that, what if they attacked from the rear? They defeat your rear, and all of a sudden you realize you're losing the battle, and even the strong will flee. God says, I'll be your rear guard. You, you don't worry what's behind you. You don't worry about your past. You don't worry about the enemy attacking you from behind. You don't worry about the one that's trying to chew you up and spit you out. You don't worry about anything that's coming against you. I'll be your rear guard. I'll protect you. You just stay focused on where I'm sending you. That's God. I'll be your rear guard. Maybe you need that protection. How does that protection come? It may come from a need for God to heal you. You can fast for God to heal you, to be your protection from the diseases of this world. Because here's the thing. Satan will use anything to tear you down, won't he? He'll use anything to destroy you and bring you apart. So we have to stand against him. And we can do that when we fast and we seek the Lord's favor. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re reward. He'll be your rear guard. A little bit further up in verse 2, he says what? And thine health shall spring forth speedily. Oftentimes we, we get stuck in a rut. Have you ever been stuck in a rut? Maybe you've been stuck in a spiritual rut. You, you might be reading your Bible and you might be praying, but you feel like your wheels are spinning. Have you ever gotten there? Or you just feel like you're just not gaining any traction. You ever thought that fasting might get those wheels moving? Maybe you're just going through some difficult times and you're faced with an enemy that continues to fight you. Have you ever thought that God has said, I'll be your rear guard, but you need to fast and seek his face so that he will protect you from that side? Maybe you need freedom from sin because there's sin that is attacking you every day, tempting you, throwing itself right there in front of your face, and you have to make a choice, but God will give you the strength to overcome, to run away each and every time. 
Oftentimes we fail to realize that God has given us, and, and so often we talk about prayer being in, being in the arsenal of Christians, so is fasting. These are the, the weapons of our warfare that God gives us to carry on, that God gives us to protect us, that God gives us to lead us. And we'll see four more things next week. These are just four reasons that maybe something in your life, you say, you know what, brother, you're exactly right. I'm going through that right now. I need God's protection. Maybe you need to fast. You may say, brother, that's exactly what I'm dealing with sin in my life and I can't get rid of it. Then maybe you need to fast. Brother, I, I need to be more willing to give, more willing to help out. So maybe, maybe I need to do it to minister to people, to help others that are in need. Maybe you need to do it to be a better witness for God so that your light will shine, so that God receives the glory and the honor. Try fasting. Give it a shot and seek the face of God. And I promise you, if you do it with the right heart and you do it for the right reason, you will see God move. Think about the father that brought his son. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And the disciples asked him, why didn't this, why didn't it work for us? Why couldn't we heal him? He said, these things come by what? Prayer and fasting. Boy, we miss out on so much when we forget that fasting is something that God has given to us to put our focus on him, to give him the glory and the honor, and to give us the answers that we need. Have you ever fasted for one of these reasons? Let's pray.